Alright, welcome on into the 27th episode of the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Um, for today's episode, we will be covering the uh, the Northwest Division going in into this season. Um, we've already covered the Utah Jazz, um, which is actually probably my favorite episode that I've done so far. That episode I got to record with my little brother. And, and you know, just had a lot of fun just talking talking jazz with, with my brother. It was a lot of fun. Um, if you haven't listened to it, I'd recommend you go back and listen to it. It's a good episode. Um, so anyway, so we will be covering the other four teams in this conference heading on into this season. Um, so, we'll, um, But before we get going with that, there's a little bit of news in the NBA. Uh, Joe Johnson is coming back. He has signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Pistons. Um, it's kind of exciting to see Joe Johnson come back. I always liked the way Joe played. Um, he was really good for the Jazz for a year. For the, the second year he was there, his defense was just not good enough to keep him around. Um, but I think with the Pistons, he'll get a good chance to um, to mentor some young players get a good chance to go go out there and score some. And, you know, if they make it to the playoffs, he's a really good playoff player. Um, league news or league rumors are that he was – he had about four or five different teams interested in him. Um, he eventually decided to go with the Pistons. I'm guessing it's probably because they could offer him a bigger role than any other team. So, again, Joe Johnson is a member of the uh, the Detroit Pistons now. All right, so let's go ahead and get going. We're going to first cover the the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Denver Nuggets were kind of a surprise team last year. Um, we all kind of figured that they would make the playoffs, but we didn't know that they'd be the second seed going in. They went 54-28 and 28 last year. Made it. To, uh, they end, eventually lost in the second round to the Portland Trailblazers. Um... But they were in a battle all all season long with the Golden State Warriors for that number one spot in the West. Um, their their coach, I really like their coach, Mike Malone. I think I think he's a very good coach. I think he's a guy that commands respect, that kind of does things the old school way. Um, is willing to adapt, but demands respect the respect of his players. So I really I like him as a coach. And then their GM is a guy named Tim Connolly, who actually had quite a big offer from the Washington Wizards this last year uh, to go over or this offseason to become their GM this offseason. Um, he eventually t- uh, decided to turn it down and is still with the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think he's a guy that is a very good GM. I think the ownership group of the Nuggets has kind of held him back because they haven't been willing to um you know go into the into the luxury tax to kind of help him out. Last year he had to trade away Kenneth Reed and Wilson Chandler just because the team wasn't willing to pay the tax. And those are two guys that probably could have helped them out a little bit last year, giving them some more of a veteran presence, some more guys that give them, you know, a steady presence in the locker room because they have a lot of young talent on this team. 
And when you have a lot of young talent like that, it's very important to have at least some veteran um, presence in there to to you know help with the long 82 game season. So going into this off season, um, the Nuggets didn't do anything before the draft. At the draft, they traded into the second round and got um, the surprise of the draft, Bull Bull, who a lot of people had going in either the late lottery or sometime in the first round, and he fell all the way to the middle of the second round. Um, Nuggets were able to go out and get him. Now, there's a lot of worry about his health, um, but the Nuggets are in a position where they could, you know, let him sit this whole year out and then, you know, see what they've got with him next season in the, you know, 2020-2021 season. Um, kind of like what they did this last year with Michael Porter, um, which, you know, Michael Porter will technically be a rookie this year, you know, even though he's been around the NBA for a year, which I I got to tell you, I don't like that uh, that rule. Like with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Blake Griffin, if you were drafted and you missed your whole rookie season because of injury, that does not mean that you're a rookie the next year. That's kind of bull crap because you've gotten the time to be around an NBA program to be around NBA trainers, NBA nutritionists, NBA coaches. You don't have to worry about going to classes. And from what I've heard is, like, Ben Simmons could have played, like, the last month and a half of his rookie season, but they just continued to sit him out. So I don't like that distinction. But anyway, moving on. So the Nuggets will have Michael Porter Jr. to use this year. Um, at the very beginning of free agency, the Denver Nuggets decided to pick up Paul Millsap's team option. Um, now, I don't know if Paul Millsap is really worth the $30 million a year anymore. But I think the Nuggets were kind of looking at it as, is there really anybody in free agency that we can use that money towards that will give us the same type of impact that Paul Millsap would? And, you know, I, I, eventually they decided that, you know, Paul Millsap was the best one worth that money, which at that time was probably the best decision. They weren't going to get, you know, Kevin Durant or um, Clay Thompson or any of these type of guys. And Paul Millsap is an extremely underrated defender. He's become a very good offensive player, um, great veteran presence. Um, so I think it was a good Good idea to, to keep him around for one more year. And along with that, um, not too long after Russell Westbrook was traded to the to the Houston Rockets, the Thunder decided to trade away Jeremy Grant to the Nuggets for a future first-round pick. And so with that, the Nuggets have two very athletic, um, very good defensive power forwards that they can kind of switch in and out with Millsap and Grant and decide whether... You know, they want to keep going with Millsap next year or if Jeremy Grant is really, you know, the guy of the future. Um, So right there, the Nuggets have kind of solidified their uh, power forward position going forward. Um, A little later in free agency, the Nuggets brought in uh, Victor Kantkor, who was a guy that they drafted, I think, I think two years ago. Um, He's been over. He's been playing over in Europe. 
um, you know, draft and stash type guy. I wouldn't expect him to get tons of minutes with the Nuggets this year. Probably play a lot in the G League with them. Um, but more just a, you know, fill out the roster, see what he can do type guy. Um, and in the same vein, they brought in a guy like in uh, P.J. Dozer towards the end of free agency. Um, again, just a guy to kind of fill out the roster. We'll probably play most of his minutes in in the G League. But, you know, he's a 6'6", combo guard, can play the one or the two, can play the three a little bit. Um, still super young. I think he's going to be 22 or maybe 23 this year. Um, so, again, just a guy to help kind of fill out the roster. Um, as far as this upcoming season for the Nuggets, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were this last year. I don't think they're going to be the second seed. And that's mostly because the West is just going to be just extremely competitive this next year. I still think they'll get at least 48 wins um, this year. And they'll be somewhere in the top six seeds. And I think they'll probably lose in either the first or the second round this year. Um, I, I'm i not nearly as high on a guy like Nikola Jokic as as others are. I really don't think he's that amazing. I think he's a, a guy like Russell Westbrook where he's a stat stuffer. Um, he's going to put up tons and tons of stats, but... As far as helping his team win, I don't think he has that big of an impact on it. And then a guy like Jamal Murray, I think Jamal Murray is a great six-man type guy, a great off-guard, you know, um, kind of your Jamal Crawford type player. But I don't think he's this future star that a lot of people think he's going to be. Um, so, yeah, I think the Nuggets will still make the playoffs this year. I just I would not expect them to be – uh, you know, top three seed, you know, and competing for a championship or anywhere near that this next year. So with that, we'll go ahead and move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now the Timberwolves, they had a very disappointing season this last year. After making the playoffs for the first time in a, in a lot of years, they... Before last season, they were the team with the longest drought for not making the playoffs. And then going into this season, um, before the season even started, there was a lot of um, rumblings about them not having any um, chemistry together as a coaching staff, as teammates. Um, Jimmy Butler was feuding with the young stars. Um it seemed like most of the young players didn't like a guy like Tom Thibodeau, who's more of like a a, a drill drill sergeant type coach, you know, a coach that's not going to take it easy on you. He's going to make you play a lot of minutes. He's going to work you really hard in practice. And it seems like he wasn't received very well. And so in the end, the Jimmy Butler got traded um, for Robert Covington and Dario Saric. Um Tom Thibodeau got fired and was replaced by Ryan Saunders, who was Flip Saunders' son. Um, and and in the end, the Timberwolves ended up 36 and 46. They were the 11th seed in the West. They really, at no time during the year, were looking like a, a competitive team anymore. But... They do have some really good pieces. 
still on the team. I would I would just really like to see them kind of shuffle things up a little bit. And we'll get into that in just a second. Um, again, like I said, their coach is Ryan Saunders now. Um, and their GM is Frank Layden's son, Scott Layden, um, who's been involved in the NBA for a long time. And so I would expect him to not, you know, not be okay with how last season went and really try and shake things up going into this season. Um, so going into the offseason, the Minnesota Timberwolves were able to trade up to the sixth spot. They traded Dario Saric and their pick to the Suns in return for that sixth spot. Now, apparently the guy that they wanted, which it sounds like it was Darius Garland, was drafted before that, and so they were actually trying to trade out after you know after getting rid of a valuable guy like Saric. Um, they were trying to trade back again. Um, but eventually they drafted Jarrett Culver at number six. Um, now I think Jarrett Culver was an awesome pick. This is a guy that's, you know, six, 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 seven can play the two or the three at times at Texas tech. He was, you know, the main ball handler. He's a good scorer, really good defender. Um, and I think he could be one of the, the surprises out of this draft. I think he, by the by the end of the season, he'll be right up there with Zion Williamson, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett for Rookie of the Year voting. Um, and it also, I think, allows them to explore trading away Andrew Wiggins because they, got, they kind of play the exact same position as each other. And Andrew Wiggins, who they gave that huge um, max contract to not too long ago, has not lived up to that. And I would like to see them try and move on from him and really build this team around Carl Anthony Towns going into the future. Um, so after the draft, the Timberwolves signed Naz Reed to a two-way deal. Um, Naz Reed went undrafted. Now he's a guy I kind of expected to go sometime in the you know, middle to late second round. He ended up going undrafted, and it's mostly because the guy's just the guy's lazy. Um, he's extremely naturally talented, but at LSU, you could you could see he would take plays off. Um, he was undisciplined, and I think if they get him to the point to where he is aggressive and doesn't you know take plays off, I think he could be a uh, a real asset to this team in the future. And then after that, the Timberwolves kind of filled out the rest of their roster with rotation pieces, but not any guys that are going to really move the needle a ton. They signed Noah Vonley, who's you know kind of a stretch four, um, played really well for the Knicks last year, had kind of a resurgence because it kind of looked like he was on his way out of the league. Um, they signed Jake Lehman, who became a good spot-up shooter last year for the Trailblazers, but that's that's about it, like, he doesn't have a ton of different skills. He doesn't have a super well-rounded game. They signed Tyrone Wallace, who for the most of the year played in the G League for the Clippers last year. Um, he's a 6'5 combo guard. Um, really good defender, um, but really hasn't shown much on the offensive end yet. Um, later on, they traded for 
Shabazz Napier and Trevion Graham from the Golden State Warriors, which again, rotation pieces. Not any guys are going to blow you away or going to really move the needle. And they signed Jordan Bell, who was a second round pick for the Warriors a couple years ago. And still hasn't really shown that he has, you know, what it takes to really be in the NBA. He's shown flashes here and there, though, of being a really explosive player and a player with a lot of promise. It's just he hasn't shown it on that on that consistent basis, yes, yet. But he is a guy that can play the four or can play the five in spots. Um, he's athletic. He has a mid-range shot. He's working on getting it out to the three. Um, so as far as going into this next season, I see the Timberwolves as a team that are really going to be fighting for that last spot in the West. Um, I think they'll be somewhere between 40 and 45 wins and somewhere in the, you know, the eight to 10 seed. Um, I think them, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, um, possibly the Thunder, um, the Spurs, teams like that are really going to be fighting for that last spot in the playoffs um, in the West. And one of the things that I would do if I was Scott Layden, I was a G, you know if I was a GM of the Timberwolves, I would really look into trading Andrew Wiggins. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's ever going to really live up to that potential that he, he has because he does he. he He's a freak athlete, and he's got tons of potential. He could be, you know, the next Paul George, the next Kawhi Leonard type guy. But he just has not been that in his career. He's extremely inefficient on the offensive end. He doesn't give any effort on the defensive end at all. I think, you know, if he really cared, I think he could be a, you know, a defensive player of the year candidate every year. Um. So again, if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm I'm looking to move Wiggins. Um, you know, I I would call up teams like the Suns, um, maybe the Thunder, um, the Heat, teams that are looking for young talent that can hopefully try to push them over the edge into being a playoff team. In a case like the Heat, being a competitive team in the East. Um, so that's what I'd be looking to do if I'm the Timberwolves. Um, other than that, the Timberwolves have some deci- decisions to make, um, mostly because a guy like Jeff Teague is going to be a free agent this next year. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to see if they decide to keep him around because um, he really hasn't been anything amazing for the Timberwolves. But his $19 million a year price point is is the big concern. If they were paying him, you know, ten to twelve million a year, like he was with the with the Hawks before he got, or with the Pacers, Hawks and Pacers before he got to the Timberwolves, um, then he'd be well worth what he's given them. It's just they're paying him too much for what for what they're getting out of him at the point guard position. So it'll be interesting to see if they go out and look for a different point guard of the future. Um, they they let Tyus Jones go in free agency. They could have matched his offer from the from the Grizzlies, but they decided to let him go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if what the Timberwolves do with their point guard position for the future. Um, 
and whether they decide uh, to really let Carl Anthony Towns take over this team, or if they still try to keep it, you know, Wiggins and Towns' team, which so far has not worked. Um, and it's because Wiggins is just so inefficient. I think if you took half of Wiggins' shots and gave them to Carl Anthony Towns, the Timberwolves would probably be maybe not the eight seed last year, but probably like the nine seed just outside of the playoffs last year. Cause Wiggins or cause Towns has shown the ability to be really efficient on the offensive end. And it feels like at times um, they're sacrificing winning games and scoring a lot of points to try and develop Wiggins. And so far it just has not worked. Um, so with that, I'll go ahead and end this segment. We'll cover the Portland Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder in the next segment. All right, so now we'll move on to covering the Portland Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, last year, the Trailblazers had a very good season. They went 53-29. and They eventually ended up losing in the conference finals. They made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. However, they had a, a extremely, I would say, easy route um, to the Western Conference Finals. They had to get through the Thunder, and they had to get through the Nuggets to get to it. Um, on the other side, you know, you look at a team like um, the Warriors. The Warriors had to get through the Rockets, and... Oh, I forgot who they played in the first round now. Oh, and the Clippers. And the Clippers played them really hard. The Clippers were extremely aggressive last year. Um, that's not to take anything away from the Trailblazers. Um, it's really cool, at, you know, for their for their city, for their team, that they made it to the Western Conference Finals. I just, I believe that if they had had the same, if they had been in the Jazz's position where they played, the Rockets in the first round, and if they would have gotten through that, they would have played the Warriors. I don't think the Trailblazers make it to the conference finals in that situation. But, again, awesome for the Trailblazers. Um, now, i got to tell you, they have one of the best coaches in the NBA um, in Terry Stotts. I think Terry Stotts is right there with you know Greg Popovich, um, Mike Budenholzer, Eric Spolstra, Quinn Snyder, Brad Stevens, and I'm forgetting one. Oh, there's there's another one I had in mind that's just not coming to mind right now. But I would say Terry Stotts is probably one, at least the, one of the top ten coaches in the NBA. Um. You have some other ones, some other really good coaches that I just don't think are quite up to that level. But, you know, you have guys like Mike Malone, Kenny Atkinson, Nate McMillan that are really good coaches. I just don't think they're quite up to that level yet. But, again, I think Terry Stotts is one of the best coaches in the NBA. I think he's shown that with the Trailblazers because they've had years where their talent level, not very high, but they've been able to get wins, able to make it to the playoffs every year, no matter what. Um, I think they have a decent GM in Neil O'Shea. Um, I think O'Shea overpaid guys like Harkless, Leonard, 
Evan Turner. Um, now all three of those guys are not going to be on the team this next year. Um, but yeah, you know, he has made really good moves in the past, but um, again, I just think he's an average GM. Um, but anyway, um, during the draft, the Trailblazers drafted Nasir Little, who a lot of people were surprised fell as far as he did. I was not surprised at all. I thought he was going to be a late first round, early second round type player, mostly because of the guy's attitude. Now, if he does develop and he gets the right coaching, he gets the right development, um, and he works hard, he's not, you know, lazy and standoffish like it seemed he was while he was um, uh, at North Carolina. I really think he could be the next Scottie Pippen. I think he could be the type of guy that average, you know, 18 to 21 points a game, you know, six boards, six assists type player. However, if he doesn't develop, I think he could be out of the league in three years. Um, so he's an interesting to wa one to watch. Um, not too long after the draft, the Portland Trailblazers traded Evan Turner for Kent Bazemore. Um, Money-wise, it was pretty much an even deal there. Um, but I think Kent Bazemore fits better what the Trailblazers want to do. He gives them that guy that can play the two or the three. Great, uh, really good defender. Decent offensive player. Has a much better three-point shot than Evan Turner. And the Hawks get a guy in Evan Turner that can, you know, play the one, the two, or the three. And that's kind of what they were looking for was just a, a backup point guard in that. And then a little later... The Trailblazers were part of the um, the uh, uh, trade to get Jimmy Butler to the Heat. Um, they eventually sended or sent Myers Leonard to the Heat and Mo Harkless to the Clippers and got Hassan Whiteside back in return. Um, now by doing this, you know Yusuf Nurkic is is going to be out for quite a bit of the of the season this next year. So Hassan Whiteside can immediately step in, be the starting five for them this year. And then once Nurkic comes back, you know, those two can battle for the starting five position or what I would like to see them do is use Whiteside in a trade to go out and get a guy like Kevin Love or Blake Griffin to play next to Nurkic, um, you know, for the rest of the season going into the playoffs. Cause I think, Love or Griffin, I think, would be a perfect fit with guy, uh, guys like um, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum because it would give them, you know, a four that can stretch the floor but also is not just a floor stretcher, can get out there and get rebounds, can defend reasonably well, can handle having the ball in their hand. Um, so that's what I'd be looking to do. Um, if I'm Neil O'Shea, by the time Yusuf Nurkic comes back from injury. Um, the Trailblazers signed Rodney Hood back on a two-year deal. Um, I really liked what Rodney did in this last year for the Trailblazers. Again, gave them the guy that at 6'8", can play the two or the three. He can handle the ball at times, can run the pick and roll. Decent shooter. Um, and it seems like he... 
he belongs better with the Trailblazers than he did with the Jazz or with the the Cavaliers. Um, so I think it's a good fit for him. I'd like to see him really push to get that starting small forward position now that guys like Harkless are gone and Alfred Camino is gone um, to the Magic. Um, the Trailblazers later signed Anthony Tolliver, who is a guy that um, just a stretch four. That's basically all he's going to give you. He'll try his best on defense, but he really can't give you much. He's unathletic, um, but he can stretch the floor. Um, so you'll see him for a few minutes a game for the Trailblazers. Um, and it'll help to to clear the lane a little bit for, for guys like Lillard and McCollum. Um, Trailblazers also signed Mario Hazonia, who had... Had a pretty, you know, a decent year for the Knicks this last year. Um, they got him on a minimum deal. Um, again, like Rodney Hood, he's six foot eight, can play the two or the three. Um, he can even play the four, um, as long as the other team isn't playing, you know, a big four. If they're playing a stretch four, also, you you know, you can throw Hazonia out there. Um, but I don't know how much they're going to get out of him. He had one really good year with the Magic. But other than that, he really hasn't shown much in his career yet. Um, so he'll be, you know, an interesting to see, one to see how he fits with this team. And then the last move that the Trailblazers made, they brought in Pogasol, who decided he's going to play one, one more year in the NBA. Um, you know, and it, Gives them a guy that can play. That'll be the the second center, fighting with Zach Collins for that position. But you know, he'll be right behind Hassan Whiteside most of the time. And then when once Nurkic comes back, I don't know how many minutes Gasol is going to be able to get himself. It's going to be a very crowded uh, front court at that point. Um, but he, you know, over the years he's developed that. Uh, shot from three. He's always had a mid-range shot, um, so he can give you value there. He can probably play kind of close to the same role that uh, Brooke Lopez Brooke, uh, Brooke Lopez played this last year for the for the Bucks. Um, so going into this season, this next season, I think the Blazers will have a little bit less success than they had this year. And that's just because of how competitive the West is going to be. I think they'll still be somewhere in the 48 to 52 win range. They'll be somewhere around the third to possibly even the seventh seed in the in the West this year. And I think they'll lose in either the first or the second round. And again, I, I think one of the big things they need to try and do is make a trade for either Kevin Love or um, Blake Griffin. I think those one of those two be a a huge help you know to take some pressure off of guys like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and I think they also need to really focus on continuing the development of Zach Collins I think if Zach Collins over this offseason has put on some weight um, continue to work on his three-point shot he could really be a guy that contributes to this team and possibly could be the starting you know power forward for this team going into the season
And so finally we'll cover the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, now the Thunder these last two years have been the team that talent-wise it seems like they should be great. But the way Russell Westbrook plays has just killed this team the last few years. They were 49 and 33, ended up losing in the first round to the Trailblazers, and really they were they were just embarrassed by the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers made them look silly. Um their coach, Billy Donovan, I I still don't think he's that great of an NBA coach. I think he should probably just go back to the college game. Um I mean he's he's okay, but I think the Thunder could do better, especially now that they're going to be moving towards more of a rebuild. I would want, you know, a coach that's better at player development than Billy Donovan has shown to be. Their GM is Sam Presti, who I think, I think at times he does really well, and then at other times I think he's extremely overrated. Everybody talks about how he drafted Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, and he's the greatest GM ever because he drafted three guys that have won the MVP. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's great and all, but other than that, who else has he drafted that's been this huge success? I mean, Stephen Adding Stephen Adams has been really well, a really good player for them. But then you got guys like, you know, Terrence Ferguson, Hemi Diallo, um, Pierre Jones, or Perry Jones, that's his name, Perry Jones, who ended up being just complete flops. Um, so I, I, I think he's an above average GM, but I wouldn't say that he's on the same level as a guy like R.C. Buford or Pat Riley or anybody like that. So anyway, going into the draft, the Thunder drafted, or they traded around with the Grizzlies, who had the 23rd pick um, that they got from the Utah Jazz in the Mike Conley trade. They traded their 21 pick back, got up, got an extra pick out of that, and drafted da uh, Darius Basley. Now, Darius Basley ended up not playing college basketball this last year. He instead took a internship type thing with uh, with New Balance, which basically just meant that he spent the whole year training. Um, in high school, Basley was a you know he's a six nine, small forward, point forward type player. Um, has shown the ability to really be able to do a lot of different things. Um, I think best case scenario, he's a much less athletic Ben Simmons. Um, I think worst case scenario, you're looking at another Perry Jones type guy where he just never really pans out. Now, the Thunder really didn't do much in, in the off season, um, until Kawhi Leonard decided that he wanted, was going to go to, um, the Clippers, um, Along with that, Paul George was traded. Um, the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder traded Paul George to the Clippers. In return, they got Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and then just a, 
a ton of first round picks. Um, I mean, the Thunder really collected picks this year, and they got some good young talent. I mean, Shea Gilders Alexander um, showed a lot in his rookie year. He showed them that he's a very athletic, very good uh, defensive point guard. And I, th I think that in time he can be, you know, a star point guard for the Thunder. Possibly a fringe, you know, uh, all-star type player. And Danilo Gonari is no slouch himself. He can play the three or the four. Had a really good year this last year. You know, averaging over 20 points a game. Um, so anyway, so after that, the Thunder had to decide whether they're going to move forward with Westbrook going into this rebuild or not. They eventually traded Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul and a couple more first-round picks. Um, now, Chris Paul, I don't think he'll spend the whole year with the with the Thunder. I think he'll get traded on eventually. Um, but he probably will start the beginning of the season on the Thunder roster, which is okay because he's a guy that, can you know distribute the ball? He can score himself. Um, good veteran, good defender, and you know he's not a guy like Russell Westbrook that's going to be looking for his numbers the whole time. He's going to be looking to help his team win. Um, so as long as he's on the Thunder, I think he's you know he's a good piece, um, but he's definitely not part of their future. And the Thunder also traded, as I mentioned earlier, when talking about the Nuggets. Traded Jeremy Grant to the Nuggets um, in return for a future first-round pick. Now, Jeremy Grant is a guy I would have liked to have seen stay with the Thunder. I think he's extremely valuable player. Has shown the ability to be a really good, you know, stretch four. A great defender. Can defend the three, the four, or the five. Um, so I was surprised to see them trade him. But again, they're just looking to accumulate as many first-round picks as possible. Um, they signed Mike Muscala to a one-year minimum deal. It looks like they signed uh, Nerlens Noel back. It looks like he also signed for a minimum deal, but I haven't heard the exact uh, contract on that. And they signed Justin Patton, who's another center, um, on a one-year minimum deal. Um, Patton's a guy that was drafted... Um, by the Timberwolves a couple years ago, he was part of that Laurie Markkinen, Zach Levine, Jimmy Butler trade. Um, really didn't last long. Was cut by the Timberwolves. I think he he's kind of bounced around the G League a little bit, so he's getting another opportunity here with the Thunder. Um, he's a guy that has shown, you know, he's got good length. He's athletic, but he hasn't shown much as far as basketball skills go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do for the Thunder. Um, as far as going into this next season, I think the Thunder will be, you know, in that 41 to 47 win range. They might make the playoff. Um, I think they'll be somewhere in the 6 to 10 seed range. Um, so they'll either be just barely in or just barely out, I, I think. I don't think they're going to drop off a ton just because they still have a good amount of talent. I mean, their starting lineup is going to be, you know, Steven Adams, who's a very solid center, Danilo Gallinari. Um, maybe they decide to let Darius Basley start at the three. 
um, or Terrence Ferguson. They have Andre Robeson coming, Roberson coming back from injury, who's one of the best defenders in the NBA. And you have a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander. You have Chris Paul for now. Um, so I think, I think they'll be close. I don't think that. I I know that they're not going to challenge for one of the top, you know, few seeds in the West, but I think that they can challenge for a playoff spot. And I I think by the trade deadline, Chris Paul will be traded. Um, my my prediction is probably the Heat to go team up with Jimmy Butler. Um. So yeah, so with that, we'll go ahead and end this episode. Um, again, this was a preseason preview of the Northwest Division. Um, again, as I said earlier in this episode, if you haven't listened to the Jazz episode, I would recommend you go back and listen to it. It's a great episode that I recorded with my little brother. And so with that, we'll go ahead and end this episode. Bye! Bye! <laughs>